Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balzerak with A4 Wealth Advisors, and my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you this morning? I'm doing great today. It's a beautiful morning. I've got my cup of coffee in hand, and I'm excited to be on the radio with you again today, John. Thanks for well, having me. Well, we're always uh, love to have you on our show, and uh, today we're going to be talking about debt, and really debt danger. Uh, a lot of listeners call in and, and they ask about their debt situation or how to get out of debt or how much is the right amount if, if they do have debt and they want a cogent plan to get out of debt. So today we're going to be talking about debt danger to our listenership because the trend, unfortunately, is that people are actually getting more into debt now than ever before. Yeah. And we want to reverse that trend uh, to help them have a successful retirement. Definitely. And I think this is going to be a great topic to talk about today, John, because I think most people have experienced debt at some point in their lives. And you for sure don't want to go into retirement with debt. Uh, sometimes it can't be helped, but there are strategies. And I'm sure you have a lot of tips and pointers for us today. But before we get into all that, let's okay. talk about John Balserac for a second. Oh. Uh, and A4 Wealth Advisors. I know you've been busy. You've been traveling. You're always updating we have. your We've had, skills. We, uh, and... we were away almost 21 days in uh, the month of July, which was oh awesome. my goodness. Yeah, yeah, we did a we did a we did a 60 family uh, vacation reunion in Ocean City, Maryland, and then oh I had goodness. a business trip in San Francisco. We took the family out there too, um, which was awesome. You know, we got to yeah, uh, go to great. Half Moon Bay and. Uh, catch a Giants game, even though it's freezing in July in San Francisco. <laughs> and then we got out to, to wine country. We got out to Napa for a couple of days. So, um, you know, the, the good and bad is that now the party's about to be over and uh, kids are getting ready to go back to school, which my wife is extremely happy about. Uh, so, yeah, school starts August 15th and um, wow. they'll be back in, you know. And, of course, they're playing sports or playing football. Uh, so uh, it's it's exciting, you know. I, I love the end of summer, the beginning of fall. It's you know, hopefully it's not going to be as hot. And uh, I'm very into them getting back into their academics. And of course, I love football because we talk about that a lot. Oh yeah. We'll see how the Vikings do. Um, I'm hoping the Panthers are going to have a much better year this year. So we'll see. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope both our teams do well, and it's great. Uh, my kids going back to school. I look forward to that. Uh, in one sense, I structure, think it's good. structure it's, is good for children. Yes, it's good for them. We're going to do a show say, on that, I think. Yeah, we should. We should do a show on how uh, structure is not only good for children, but it's good for your finances, right? That's true, 100%. Uh, that plan in place, uh, when kids have a plan and a place to be. They don't get and, in trouble. Yeah, it keeps them out of trouble, and it uh, it also keeps them out of our hair. Let's, let's be honest, we're being <laughs> yeah, a little... Right. 
uh, a little selfish with, ah, oh, they're going back to school. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about all that. What are they eating at home for lunch right now? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, well, okay, we're talking about debt danger, and that reminds me of, I used to love the show Lost in Space, uh, and uh, the boy on there, it's like Swiss Family Robinson in Space, for those of our listeners who may not remember, pretty popular TV series, old, old, before my time, but I always grew up watching the reruns, and they had the robot on there that would say to the boy, danger, Will Robinson, danger. So now we're talking about debt danger. Um, That's right. Uh, and, and I don't uh, remember that show, but uh, I, I I know the show that you're talking about. I never yeah. watched it. Yeah, and they've re Netflix brought it back, and the new one's pretty good too. So, so debt is a problem, though, right? It is. Um, you know, in 1998, roughly 37 percent of Americans uh, between 56 and 61 years old, you know, had an average of about 3,600 dollars uh, in credit card debt or, or debt in general. And today, uh, you know, that about 42% uh, has about the average debt load of around almost 18,000, 17,623. Oh. So we've had almost a 500% increase. Now, that may not sound like a lot. Well, the, the percentage number's a lot, but 17,000 might not sound like a lot. But the trend is that more and more people that are in their, you know, mid-50s and 60s who would typically be debt-free actually have debt now. So that's not a good metrics that, you know, people no. are taking on debt later on in life. You know, when you're young, it's normal if you go out and buy a house, uh, you're going to take on some debt and that's good debt. You know, that's interest uh, tax deductible debt. And uh, that's okay. You know, I mean, sometimes you have to buy a car and you take on some debt there, but you can get to a job in a car. Uh, you know, we don't like revolving debt. Anything that's high interest and revolving, we want to stay away from. But the trend overall, Tony, is that we see an increase in, you know, Americans that are older now in their 50s and 60s that have a lot more debt than they used to 10, 15 or 20 years ago. So we want to change that if we can and get people in better spending habits, better saving habits and giving them a plan to pay off and pay down their debt. Well, and having a plan to pay off debt, I think that's the key of what everything you said uh, right there. But I'm still, my head's still reeling that from 1998 until now, it went from the average debt being 3,600 for Americans to 17,000. That's, that's just, that's, right. that's, in, that's insane. That's a big change. It's a huge but, change. But is that increase connected to inflation or inflation in home prices? I mean, I know for a lot of people, mortgage is a big part of their debt. Yeah, sadly, uh, no. 32% uh, of older Americans carry non-mortgage debt, okay? Non-mortgage debt each month with an average um, of about $13,000. And a good portion of that debt, um, of course, is, is credit cards. Yeah. 40% uh, of older Americans, you know, have at least 5000 in credit card debt. More than one-fifth of them owe more than 10000 in other debts. So... You know, it's not just tied to mortgages and, and, and houses and inflation, you know. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, houses do, I mean, right now I think we're in a seller's market, so at least we are in North Carolina, and I'm sure other places around the country where home prices are high. And if you're going to finance a home, you'll have to get a bigger mortgage. But a lot of the debt we're talking about is non-mortgage debt. So they're putting other things on credit cards. You know, maybe they're going to Lowe's Home Improvement and putting 
Now, of course, that's putting equity back into your home, so that's semi-smart. Um, but a lot of people are just spending money on credit cards, and of course, they're not paying it off in full. You know, there's a really responsible way to use credit cards, especially if you get airline miles or points, and you pay it off in full every month. You never carry a balance, you never pay any interest. But that hasn't been the trend recently. So, you know, a lot of Americans out there need to take a look at their finances and, you know, weigh wants versus needs, uh, put themselves on a budget. I know it's not the funnest thing uh, to do, but, and then have a cogent plan to pay off any revolving debt that you have. Well, and that's that's huge right there. Uh, getting that, that credit card debt is so bad. Um, you know what the average rate is? The average interest rate um, is about 16.8%. And, you know, some of the wow. big banks, you know, we're, we're in Charlotte, and, you know, we have Bank of America here and uh, Wells Fargo and BB&T, a lot of the big banks. Um, yeah. You know, I know that if you miss one payment with some of these huge banks, I think they can charge up to 32.7%, somewhere in that range. You know, so, I mean, imagine that. Imagine if you have one 30-day late and you're paying 32%. I mean, if you could get that kind of return in the stock market, that would be absolutely amazing. But you really can't, not consistently. You might have one good year like that. Uh, but paying debt that's against you, you know, paying interest, um, that, that can hurt you. That can really hurt your plan. It can stifle your savings. And, you know, it's very hard to save money and invest if a lot of your money is going to pay interest every month. Right. And, and I think that's important to understand all that. I mean, it's a lot of interest to pay each month if you're paying like 17% interest yep. on that credit card. And I know they do range from 15% all the way to 25%. Um, but uh, do we know that maybe for older Americans, they at least don't have the problem the millennials do with student loan debt, right? Well, I know, I know some people do go back to school later in life, so that's, that's not 100%. You know, some people want to go back and um, get, it, get an education or maybe start a second career. Uh, I know that in uh, May of 2018, there was a good article from bankrate.com. If you ever, that's a great site, by the way, if you ever oh, look at is. mortgages yeah. and, and what the best credit cards that are out there. So use it as a resource, bankrate.com. And the article was entitled, More Older Americans Are Taking on Student Loan Debt Than Ever Before. And, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And we're talking about ages 60 plus. Student loan debt actually quadrupled between 2005 and 2015, jumping from 700000 to $2.8 million. So a lot of that is, you know, some people, maybe they worked a job until they were 55, they hated it, and they say, you know what, I'm going to go back to school, I want to get educated in this, and maybe I want to be, be a nurse or this or that or whatever it is. So uh, there has been a trend uh, where a lot of older Americans are taking on more student loan debt. Wow. Well, that's crazy. I, I, I never thought uh, that the older generation uh, would be – uh, paying for <laughs> student loans, uh, but it's a generous action on behalf of grandparents if they're covering it for their grandchildren, right? And that's and that's the other way. You know, they're taking out a private or federal student loan in their name, and then gifting it to a child or grandchild. So sometimes they're mm -hmm. not going back; they're taking the loan, then gifting it, or acting yeah. as maybe a co-signer on a child or grandchild's loan. Yeah. So so there's a number of different ways that we see that, but. You know, for I think that's great to help educate kids or grandkids, but 
uh, you know, there's definitely been a trend in, in taking out more money in debt to do it versus, you know, putting money in a, in a 529 savings plan or overfunding, you know, equity index, universal life insurance when the baby's born. I mean, there's a lot of other vehicles you can use so that you can pay cash. You know, you can pay for the tuition in full and not have to take on debt. Right. And we should talk about some of the solutions. I mean, we need to uh, talk about uh, other ways that maybe uh, grandparents could help out uh, without going into debt. Uh, where do we start with that? Well, I think, um, you know, there was a Forbes article, um, September of 2017, and it was entitled, How Debt is Threatening Retirement Dreams. And it provides five ways to take action to avoid debt or debt danger. And the author of that book, if you want to write it down, Tony, is Nick Clements. And the first step is, number one, pay down debt first. And prioritize paying off your high interest revolving debt first, like your credit card debt. You know, and you got to be careful. There's a lot of programs out there that say they'll get you out of debt. And um, you got to be very, very careful. I mean, because you can buy or even get software for free over the Internet that will do the same thing. And you could do it yourself. But, I mean, it only makes sense if it's, if it's non-deductible interest or if it's high interest rate, like we were talking about, 17%, 25%, you know, even 30% credit card debts. Pay those down first. And then once that's paid off, go to the next one and double down on the next one and the next one. And, you know, you can get out of debt very, very quickly. It takes a little bit of discipline. Uh, and of course, I would cut up all your credit cards, maybe keep one for an emergency. Um, but cut the, all the other ones up. You can't, you know, keep putting more debt on your credit card as you're trying to pay it off. It's not going to work. But uh, step one, pay down your highest rate debt first, then go to the second, the third. Um, so that's definitely something that I would do um, or recommend that people do. And, you know, there are some good professional or professionals out there that has handled debt. You just got to make sure that it's not going to adversely affect your credit score because sometimes they try to negotiate your debt and that could leave a black mark on your, on your FICO score. So you don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, I would say paying down your highest interest debt first is a, is a great way to start and, uh, you know, avoid taking out debt in the future where possible and save as much money, create an emergency fund. We've talked about that on other shows. And then, you know, once you have your debt under control or, you know, let's say just you have your, your mortgage and you have six months of an emergency fund, then you can really start investing. So, you know, you don't want to have all this debt where you're paying 30%, Tony, and your investments are making 7%. Right. You know, I mean, not good. That's, not, that's not a good solution. And, and there are a lot of people, that's what their, their plan looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, hey, we're almost out of time for this first segment. Uh, is there anything you want to add, John, before we take a quick break? I would say that for listeners out there, number one, make sure that you sit down with a financial professional um, and find one that has a fiduciary responsibility to act in your best interest and get your plan reviewed. I mean, just, I mean, hopefully, you know, a listener's out there, go see the doctor or get a, a physical once a year. You all, you know, it's like preventative maintenance. It, it, it prevents the catastrophe from happening down the line. The same thing is, will apply to your financials, you know, your financial future. If you're taking on a lot of debt now and that's a trend, I mean, we can extrapolate that out 15 or 20 years. It's, you need to see that coming now so you can take action now. So I recommend getting a second opinion. Our second opinion analysis, of course, is complimentary, Tony. We don't charge you a dime for it. And, uh, you know, we only ask for our clients' business if, if there's value there. So you can give us a call toll-free at 855-260-7361. 
Again, 855-260-7361. They can also go to our website at www.a4, that's letter A, numeric for wealth.com. And we have an entire learning library on there that they can review. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Income Toolkit from A4 Wealth Advisors now by going to a4wealth.com or by calling us at 888-949-7475. Welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host is John Balserac from A4 Wealth Advisors. And today we're talking about debt danger, uh, two kinds of debt you've covered that many older Americans uh, might potentially encounter are credit card debt and somewhat surprisingly, uh, student loan debt. Yep. <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy. And you've already shared uh, some tips uh, on that. Uh, do you have any more for us? Yeah, if we go back to that Forbes article, we talked about one, which was paying down your highest interest uh, revolving debt first. Okay. So that's critical. I mean, you can't, you have to, like putting a tourniquet on a, on a wound, you got to stop that bleeding. Number two, uh, you may want to stop supporting your adult children. Um, and, I, and I say that, I mean, listen, I, I give my kids a lot, I really do, and try to provide the best education for them. But what I've seen, because our average client, Tony, is 55 to 80, a lot of our baby boomer clients um, are taking care of their elderly parents and their adult children, okay? In other words, you've, you've got them out of college, okay, which is very expensive. And now they're still either living at home or you're financially supporting them. Uh, according to a 2015 uh, Pew Research Center poll, nearly two-thirds, 61% of American parents had provided financial support to an adult child in the prior 12 months. Now, I realize if it's a medical um, issue or something less, you're going to help your kids. Right. However, what we see is there's a lot of enabling out there Yeah. where kids are, you know, they're just being enabled by their parents to the point where they're either not working or not actively looking for a job when they can be. And, you know, hey, if you enable somebody, if they have a big trust or this or that, they may not find a reason to need to go to work. And, you know, that's a, a conversation that, you, you know, for individuals out there they have to have if, if they are supporting their adult children. Even if they're living at home, I think having them pay something towards the rent or food, I, th I think it's just responsibility. Uh, you have to get your kids to launch at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know? really do. I mean, it, but it sounds like, you know, that kind of debt can lead to some difficult and uh, you're- Well, you, you don't want to sacrifice enabling your kids if, if they can work. Right. And, and then you and then you have to lower your standard of living substantially for your retirement. And I've seen it happen. You know, and, and I love my kids to death and, and I want to support them as much as I possibly can. But I also already I'm teaching them the value of the dollar young. I'm teaching them a work ethic young so that when they graduate from college, they can get gainfully employed and then they can make their own smart and good money decisions. You know, yeah. not taking out a lot of student loans because hopefully those will all be paid for uh, by the time they graduate. They won't have any college debt. And uh, just giving them good money habits, you know, good work ethic habits. So number two, 
if you're enabling uh, an adult child, you know, remember you're sacrificing and limiting your own retirement. You just need to question that strategy. You know, I, I realize that there are some circumstances where you need to provide support for health, and I, and I get that. So uh, the third, downsizing could be a good decision for a lot of people. Um, you know, you may not need a 7,500 square foot house if it's just you and your spouse and your three kids are out of college and now they're not living with you. And maybe you don't need to have that big of a house, you know. So downsizing can be a good decision for a lot of people. And you can take the equity from your home and, and downsize to a smaller one. Uh, you know, there's different things you can do. You look at your lifestyle, uh, cars you drive, lifestyle, country clubs. Some of those things can be cut out. And just downsizing in general makes sense because, you know, two people in a huge house, a lot of times that just doesn't make economic sense. You pay more taxes, you pay more money to heat and cool it, maintenance, it goes on and on and on. So consider it, consider downsizing, it could be right for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good advice. I mean, downsizing uh, is a, is one option and it, it sounds like debt can lead to some difficult decisions though, right? Yeah, I think that that certainly can have a lasting impact on anyone's finances. Um, you know, the sooner you address potential debt danger, the better. You know, so many people just want to kind of stick their head in the sand, and if I ignore it long enough, maybe it will go away, and that's, that's not how debt works. It doesn't go away. I mean, you can file bankruptcy, which is not advisable, and then for seven or ten years, it's very difficult to get credit. So the debt doesn't go away. You want to face it head on. You want to have a plan pay it off as fast as you can. The fourth thing that you could do uh, is delay retirement. Okay, and again, this is all according to that Forbes article. So number one, we talked about paying down high interest rate debt. Uh, okay, number two, stop enabling or financially supporting or over supporting your adult children. Three, potential downsizing could be right for you. And number four, is uh, delaying retirement. Now, nobody wants to do that, by the way. You know, everyone's, you know, they come into our office, we say, you know, what is your retirement goal? And a lot of people say today or, you know, yesterday. Uh, they want to retire as soon as possible. Uh, but sometimes you may have to push back retirement if you don't have enough means or funds to fill your income gap. And we've talked in shows about the income gap. If you both are on Social Security, you're triggering Social Security, and maybe you have a small pension but you still have a $35,000 a year income gap to you know, pay your bills, meet your needs, and, and whatever your retirement lifestyle looks like, um, you may not be able to do it with the resources you've saved. And I see a lot of people, you know, they want to withdraw seven, eight, nine, ten 10% of their retirement nest egg to fill that retirement income gap, and that's too high of a number. Um, Morningstar used to use 4% as a withdrawal rate, so on a million bucks, that's 40,000 a year. Uh, to not run out of money, given, you know, 10,000 different market simulations. And then they lowered it down to 2.8%, um, you know, based off the past 10 years of volatility. So that's 28,000 a year and a million bucks. And I see people that take out, you know, 10, 15, 20% of their nest egg. So they run the risk of re running out of money, okay? So to reverse engineer that, you can push back retirement, you know, because if you do retire at 62, uh, for example, number one, you're going to get less of a Social Security benefit if you trigger at the same right. time. And uh, you have to get your own health insurance. You, don't, you can't hop on Medicare until 65. So that might cost you $18,000, $20,000 a year. Um, you know, these are all the things you have to look at when you design a retirement income plan. So I think it's critical 
that you weigh all these things and you may have to push it back a couple years, but if you yeah. do that, it will dramatically increase your chances of success so that you can stay retired. Yeah. Yeah. And that could go a long way to helping pay off debt is to uh, have some extra income each month to do that, right? That's 100% correct. Yeah. So you absolutely do want to do that. You know, it's tempting um, for a lot of people out there to spend uh, discretionary income or overspend. You know, that's why we want to get you on a plan. Because if there is discretionary money and we set a budget, we'd rather save it. Put it in your emergency fund. Put it towards your investments. Because um, I tell people, and we've said this on shows before, you know, you have to get in the habit of paying yourself first. Yeah. Because you'll never pay yourself last, Tony. You know, if it's no. there in your account, you'll spend it. Yeah, So, exactly. like, you know, if your paycheck comes out, you know, hopefully if you're at a, a job or employer with a 401k, that's automatically taken out. But then if you have additional discretionary income, the minute your paycheck is directly deposited into your account, some of that gets taken down again into savings and other investment vehicles. Because once it goes there, you won't spend it, you know? And I'm a firm believer in autopilot where you don't have to think about it. And every month you're systematically saving in different areas. That's That's a great way to build wealth. And you know, it's not overly complicated because it happens automatically. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's that's really important. I, I mean, uh, and going back to something you said earlier, um, uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, we'll move on before the end of the show here. I, I still want to talk about uh, student loan debt and the fact that that's an issue for older Americans. I mean, uh, there was that movie, Rodney Dangerfield's classic Back to back, School. Oh, I love that movie. Where he went back to school hey, later Tony, in hey, life. Hey, Tony, we need you. Instead of Melon, it's... We're going to put you back in there, Tony. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. The Triple yeah. Lindy. Uh, the Triple Lindy. I guess uh, I guess that movie might have had a bigger impact. I, maybe I didn't give Rodney enough respect, right? Yeah. I mean, perhaps. I mean, the the thing is, you know, the, the fifth tip out there that I would tell our listeners is go get help if you need it. Yeah. Um, you know, figuring out all your finances, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're an engineer, whatever it you do, your school teacher, it's hard to run your day-to-day business, whatever that may be, run your family, and then be an expert on how to manage your finances. So go to a professional. Go find someone who is a specialist. I mean, if you need trust work done, uh, go to an elder law estate planning attorney. Uh, If you need tax work done, go to a really good CPA that's well recommended. If you need financial help, you can go see a certified financial planner like I am. Um, and one that has a fiduciary responsibility to act in your best interest. So don't be afraid to get the help. Yeah. And once you get it and you have a plan, you're going to feel so much better about it. But sure. again, so many people out there procrastinate, Tony. It's just a, a common human trait that people do. But I'm telling you, face it head on, get a plan, get motivated about it, and then you're going to really start making some headway. Yeah, and that's where you and your staff and, and the experts you rely on come in. Well, I think this is great advice, a good show uh, on looking at your debt and trying to uh, make sure you don't have debt going into retirement. But we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Um, you know, just the, the value of the second opinion uh, is just critical because a lot of people don't know what they don't know until they get a second opinion. You know, maybe they've had a financial advisor for 10, 15, 20 years and they love them. And that's great. If you come in and you've got a really good plan, I will edify them and say, hey, your advisor's awesome. Stick with them, follow what they're saying and keep doing it. 
Uh, a lot of times, however, we, we may find a hole and say, hey, this is all great what they did, but you, you have no long-term care insurance. You know, so maybe there's a hole that we can fill. But getting a second opinion is critical. I recommend that everybody will do that. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything but your time. And we give you about three to five hours of our time and our research complimentary so that you can make the best financial decisions for you and your family. Right. Uh, I think that's huge. So that does it, though, for today's episode of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with our amazing host, John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 